Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy probably. And what you'll be learning in this show and the next three from us are going to be all things involving the Taga game. Uh, we have John Wallen, who you may know as Fantasy Gaffer from Twitter. Uh, he's here representing them. We're going to talk about their uh, upcoming game for the 17-18 season and some of the differences between the official game and this game and uh, maybe point out some players, maybe even do a sneaky mock at the end of this episode. Uh, so, John, without further ado, glad to have you back on. How have you been, man? I've been good, guys. Thank you for having me back. Great. Rob, I kind of went right past you there. I trust it's, that it's, it's, com- good it's completely room. obvious that you, you neglect the talent in the room and you just jump to the guy who's uh, breaking time from his busy schedule. John, thank you for coming and joining us on our podcast. I am Rob Langevin, the partner in crime co-host with Kevin blatantly forgot he did it on purpose because i've been a jackass uh, all day. i was i was leaving the best for last or something oh god isn't that a song isn't that a bet midler song leave the best for last yeah something like that but <laughs> anyway. bet midler. who knows actually it's my ringtone everybody knows that um yeah. <laughs> do we have a fourth person on this show no no oh. we, we don't have any room for that i'm gonna talk for as much as four people so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, a friend of mine at a bar here said, uh, I'm way too much when I first walk into a bar, uh, and use the saying, 10 people walk into a bar and nine of them are Kevin. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure I really get it. So apparently I'm also dumb, but <laughs> as I said, we are here to talk target things. But first there's news that's pertinent to all fantasy players. Um, we'll lead in with you, John, with the signing of Mo Salah, which seems as though it is happening uh, probably by the time you've listened to this, going to Liverpool. Um, it's going to move some stuff around. He pretty much only plays on the right wing, so whether or not that means you're going to move Mane to the left or Phil to the left and Mane up the middle, I'm not really sure. How do you see that working out for you? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, at 25 years old, I think it's a you know it's a good move for now and it's a great move for the future. He's a very good player. I, I, yeah, yeah I, I mean, well, it you know, remains to be seen if he's going to be a very good player in the Premier League. He's certainly, um, you know, he certainly proved his bona fides this year. But I'm <laughs> when I originally saw it, my my gut reaction was this means Phil Coutinho's leaving, and it doesn't look like that's the case right now. So yeah, I mean, this this essentially is uh, Champions League insurance and and its rotation and its. Probably a nod to Klopp acknowledging that he was over-reliant on Sadio Mane last season and he was over-reliant on his first-choice front six and that we need to have more depth in terms of the quality of starter, or I should say starter quality depth um, coming off the bench. I don't think Salah is necessarily going to be somebody that comes off the bench. Uh, Certainly Adam Lallana could make way. Um, Liverpool could choose to play a little bit more of an attacking uh, a lineup and uh, use only Jorginho Wijnaldum and Emre Can in the middle, or you know, two out of the three if you include Henderson there. So I, I think there there may be a bit of flexibility that can be read in the tea leaves here. There may be a little bit of squad rotation that can be read in the tea leaves. And when you consider that he got um, 29 appearances for Roma last season with 15 goals and 11 assists, uh, you know, I, I don't think that uh, you know 2487 minutes. I don't think he's a part-time player, but I think he's shown that he's certainly capable of producing like a player that's getting all 34-20, even if he's you know getting a thousand minutes less than that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting one, Rob. In the preseason of last year, we said don't really buy on Liverpool midfielders because we weren't sure where they were all going to fit in, uh, and then a fair few of them ended up in the top ten in both formats. Uh, Firmino and Coutinho, of course, being two of them. How are you feeling about this Liverpool group going into next season? 
So, so basically, this just throws another useful member into the draftable universe of Liverpool midfielders. You know, John mentioned basically every usable part there. Mane, you know, you have Firmino, you have Coutinho, you have Lalana, you have Chan, you have Wijnaldum. Um, you know, you even have Henderson still lurking in the weeds there. Um, basically, out of all those guys, they're probably all still draftable in deeper formats, depending on what league format you you draft in, whether it be 8, 10, 12. You know, it gets a little, you know, dwindling when you get into like eight teams. I probably wouldn't get all of them on a team. But Salah, he, did, he performed well in Serie A. Like John said, 15 goals, 11 assists. Um, I don't know how his game and his usability in Liverpool's attack is going to make him... I don't think he's a 15-goal, 11-assist guy in in the EPL. I think he's probably 10-7, maybe. That's probably his capability because I think his minutes are going to be capped. But mm. I do think that he's a, a, a definite, definite play in people who play in other formats like uh, DraftKings or things like that nature because they do encompass you know Champions League play into their into their formats and they do use similar similar scoring things into different fantasy formats, you know, not, not so much the official game, but Taga kind of dips into it a little bit as well. Um, and other formats as well, like, you know, draft 11, but we're not going to get into all them guys, but, uh, but I, but I like the signing for Liverpool. I just, you know, like you said, he, he's a strictly a right-handed side guy. Uh, and it, it's going to mess with Mane a little bit, I think, but I think Mane is capable enough that he could probably, you know, be versatile enough and be useful on the left side or wherever they choose to exploit him. And, you know, against, cause he's basically a matchup nightmare for anybody who he plays against. Uh, but yeah, I like I like the signing. I think Klopp is just extending his hand into to talented, you know, mid twenty players who can basically do all the same thing. So Rob, at nine and seven, that essentially makes him a comp for uh, Mikel Antonio this year, who had nine goals, eight assists, posted three hundred and seventy one points in Taga's format. And in terms of overall points, uh, Antonio wasn't great. I mean, he only got nine twenty nine games played, but he averaged twelve point seven nine points per match. And mm-hmm. that average for people who haven't played Taga or, or any draft format before, if you have a player that is scoring 10 points per week, that is a no-doubt starter. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, somebody like Leroy Sané scored 10.31 points. Ryan Morris scored 10.28. So if your comp is somebody that's scoring you know, 11.23 points, 12.79 points in Mikel Antonio, that's, that's a guy that you can absolutely go out and draft in the fifth, sixth round and feel comfortable knowing that you're going to get good production out of him during the season. Yeah, I, I completely agree that he's a draftable entity. It just, uh, would I take him above Coutinho? No. Would I take him above Firmino? No. He's probably in the same draftable spot as I would say Adam Lallana is, to be honest. Ooh, I don't How think Adam Lallana is going to play at all next season. I, I think he plays more EPL games than he does Champions League games. That's a fair point. And that's, and that, and that's the game we're talking about, correct? <laughs> it sure is. Okay, no, no, no expectations on a Champions League next year uh, game, John. For, For uh, Adam Milana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, hold on one second. When when does that open? We'll just bang one of those out real quick. Yeah, yeah. Cody, what, Cody what is that? September, no I think. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Oh, or no, you can well, start now. The qualifying rounds. The yeah, second round fine. of the qualifiers is right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, hold on. Let me before we jump too far off this, and yeah. I know we have other stuff to talk about. But when you look at crowded midfields, I think the two that come to mind most quickly are, are Liverpool's and Manchester City's. Mm-hmm. So are you looking at Salah, Rob, or Kev? I mean, somebody that's sort of comparable to like Leroy Sané, or is is the comp a little bit lower down the list for you? Maybe somebody like. Um, I, I guess I mean you'd have to go outside that and maybe do a player that's joining Arsenal and, and Riot Mares. Like, what what is your comp, Rob? Are you comfortable with dropping the um, Antonio comp on him, or is there somebody else that you you how like about, him? More how about a, a Manuel Lanzini comp? I mean, that's a very yeah, that, different situation though, because Lanzini is the guy at West Ham. I, I understand. I understand that, but production wise, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. player that I think that he could that he could be at Liverpool, given the minutes that I think he's going to get. Like, I don't think he's a max 90 guy every week. You know, I guarantee yeah. he probably, total minutes from every game, he'll probably miss like six games total with minutes, you know, minutes missed and games sat. So, yeah. I mean. I, I like the, uh, I like the Sané comp of the, yeah, when he's on the Sané's pitch, he's, when he's on the pitch, he's going to do stuff. Is he always going to be on the pitch? No. Um, I, I like that a lot. I think it, it relegates um, somebody to the Sterling role of uh, a very talented player that isn't getting the minutes on the other side of that like 70-30 split. Um, 
But Sterling may get the minutes this year. That's going to be such an interesting situation. Uh, it, for those that don't know, one of the reasons why this has happened is because they've signed Bernardo Silva, who is probably the long-term heir apparent to David Silva, but it can also play out on the right, which is where they already have Sterling. It's where they sometimes auto-fill De Bruyne into their 11 when they can't find another spot for him. Um, it's it's going to be... Those two uh, teams are going to kind of be a mess in terms of gambling which players are going to slot in where. Um, but yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you as of right now. Another situation like we saw with Chelsea last year, where you had Willian, Pedro, and Hazard. Obviously, Hazard was basically starting every match, but Willian and Pedro were switching, and then sometimes Fabregas was taking one of those slots. Uh, I just think that these are teams that are going to be very concerning this year, and unfortunately is the downside of basically all of the big clubs getting back into the Champions League this year, is there's going to be a lot more rotation in those teams. Yeah, which I think makes for really exciting drafting in rounds five, six, and seven. You know, mm-hmm. after the after the big names like you guys already mentioned, after Coutinho's off the board, after Eden Hazard's off the board, Christian Eriksen, and you start looking for upside plays over guys that are getting regular playing time. I mean, is it exciting? You know, Snodgrass is you know maybe not the best example, or maybe somebody like Robbie Brady. You know, if, if you're one of those guys is getting regular minutes, are you more excited to have? That player in your side, sort of the Joe Allen um, back in the day play, you know, you're going to get 90 out of him and a seven or eight point performance. Or do you want to take a guy that you think is going to be a high upside guy? He might only get 29 starts, but when he gets 29 starts, you think he's going to be in the top 20 performers uh, at his position in a given week. And I think the game right now is, is just chock full of those guys and i think it's exciting to watch and it's exciting for fantasy purposes yeah i definitely agree um moving to liverpool's uh not to be too american but here we go crosstown rivals <laughs> um everton already making some moves uh they add i think he was second in target scoring last year in goalkeepers uh jordan pickford i know he was second in saves in the premier league last year with 135 he goes to everton obviously immediately a much better option than joel what the hell are you doing robles robles <laughs> and uh martin i'm 10 years past my prime stecklenberg uh what do you guys expect to see at everton because for me i think the fascinating thing and john we talked about this on on your show was um how there are kind of two molds that you want from a keeper right one that's going to be more of a clean sheet guy or one that's going to rack up all those save points and i think pickford's in an interesting situation because obviously they're still without coleman for the basically the first half of the season uh is is how things are looking right now because of his double leg break last year don't google it um <laughs> not the timetable don't google the injury because it was real gross um, but I think it could be interesting. I think Pickford could actually be like more of a saves guy the first half of the season than have a very good shot at keeping plenty of clean sheets down the stretch. Yeah, I would agree with that. So Pickford came in um, at 244 total points. He averaged 8.41 points per match. The only goalkeeper that outpointed him on a per-match basis was Tom Heaton, also the only goalkeeper that finished ahead of him and saves, as you mentioned, Kev. Um, goalkeepers are one of the positions where if you're new to draft and you've been playing the FPL official game, the you know, salary cap game, goalkeeper scoring is fairly consistent across the two. Taga does score... Um, 18 scoring categories, including aerial duels, one successful clearances, uh, obviously, you know, goals, assists, clean sheets, but uh, successful take ons and tackles one, you know, um, a lot of that stuff doesn't impact goalkeeper scoring is the point I'm eventually going to get to. Um, But clean sheets, very valuable, saves, very valuable. When you look at the top scorers, it was Heaton, 142 saves he was credited with. Um, His official tally is a little bit different. But he was credited in uh, live play, meaning um, not counting any scoring changes that were made more than 24 hours after the end of the match and kept 10 clean sheets. Hugo Loris in second with 78 saves, but kept 15 clean sheets. Pickford sitting there in fourth, despite the fact that he only got 29 matches played, Kev, as you mentioned. Rob, you weren't part of the conversation on Talk and Taga, which is what Kevin just alluded to. But are you in the same camp? Are you drafting for saves or are you drafting for clean sheets? Well, when it comes to Pickford, I think Kevin hit it exactly on on the nose. Uh, I think that he brings possibly the best of both worlds because it has to deal with the players in front of him. Like you mentioned, Coleman's injury is going to detain him from the lineup for probably the first you know eight to ten weeks of the season. Um, so looking at that, you, when you lose a viable fantasy, you know asset in front of you like a Seamus Coleman who is by all accounts probably their best defender and you know offensive defender as well that, that does take away from from his value but at the same point you do get points for saves 
So I think that you know you're basically robbing Peter to pay Paul in in fantasy speaker because you are going to get you are going to have some kind of of clean sheet awareness because Everton by by no stretch they're not going to be the worst defended, defensive team without Coleman. They'll probably be you know top twelve. I would say they're not going to be you know bottom two or three. But I, I don't see them being you know like an elite top six you know team where they don't give up any goals and he basically clean sheets the world. But I think they give it up up enough opportunities that Pickford can you know you know grind out enough fantasy points a la Tom Heaton. That was a great comp that was just mentioned. You know and and give you enough value that you know he probably draft draft wise and probably even in the official game wise you know he's probably going to be one of the most coveted coveted defenders or goalkeepers because of the team he plays on because of his last year results and what people can expect from him so i mean i'd probably be looking at him as probably one of the top four four goalkeepers off the board in a draft format yeah interestingly enough i just did a mock draft a 10 team um target mock draft with nine people off of twitter and the first goalkeeper that was taken was waited all the way till round 13 out of 16. So again, for people that haven't played before, you draft obviously a full starting 11. You also are able to draft five bench spots so that you're able to make substitutions um, in and around kickoff. I Meaning it's uh, 16 total rounds. So in this game we took in this mock draft we took 160 total players. First goalkeeper off the board went to me in round 13, pick eight, Tom Heaton, which sparked a little bit of a run. Um, the next pick off the board, Jordan Pickford. Next pick off the board, Hugo Loris. Next pick off the board, Harry Maguire, who I think we'll get to shortly. Yeah. But exactly right, Rob. I mean, right there, when, when you're looking to start taking those first handful of goalkeepers, I think Pickford's definitely in the mix. Yeah, and, and in a draft format, like, like John just mentioned, the, the run on goalkeepers is, is going to happen because once somebody sees the – Somebody's always going to reach inevitably for the top two guys, whoever they think they are in their minds, whether it be Courtois, Czech, Lloris, any of those guys. Those one of one or two of those guys is going to go flying off the board early, probably like you know round nine, ten. Somebody's going to be stupid and not not who to pick, and they're going to pick a goalie. And then after that, whoever takes the second goalie is going to start a start a ginormous run, and you know. He, Pickford and anybody else who wasn't picked after the first one or two guys is basically all in play there until you get to probably about the, the sixth-ranked goalkeeper in, in f- any formats, depending on who you believe is still going to be there to come you know, uh, you know, kick off for the EPL season. Yeah, uh, I will say when we did our draft, I was surprised that I didn't see Matt Murray or Marc-Andre Fleury in the goalies list, but um, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> seemed, seemed a strange oversight considering they have uh you're in the wrong sport sir <laughs> excuse me sir are you talking about the stanley cup champion penguins i think you're oh. talking about the wrong thing here um <laughs> anyway sticking with everton uh they also bring in davy clausen uh from ajax and then in the era kind of seems the uh heir apparent to um ross barkley who's expected to leave although if he doesn't it'll be very interesting to see how they get both of them to uh, just constantly box the box together, I guess, hand in hand. Um, 14 goals, 10 assists, and 33 matches in the Eredivisie last season. Or is this somebody that we're buying in on regardless of what happens at the club? Because if there's no Barkley and there's no Lukaku, obviously the, the scoring potential of Everton plummets. I'll, I'll jump in. I think it's funny that we're referring to a 24-year-old as the heir apparent to a 23-year-old. But <laughs> apart from yeah. that... I like, I mean, I like Klaassen. I would draft him. Uh, Adamola Lukman obviously had an excellent uh, U20 World Cup with England. Uh, congratulations to the Young Lions. Yeah. And that team has has potential. Yannick Bellassi, uh, I was chatting with uh, Premier Injury's own Ben Dinnery over email earlier today, and Ben's thought is that Balassi may be able to come back in 2017 after originally uh, prognosticating that it would be 2018 before we saw him come back. People shouldn't sleep on Balassi. Um, you know, he was, he was excellent before he went down injured. If he can come back even at a fraction of, uh, you know, probably a high fraction, seven eighths, you know, nine tenths, something like that. But if he can come back at that type of fraction of his, um, of his early form with Everton, they should be all right. The loss of Lukaku is only going to be uh, the only way you have. You need you have a like for like there to, to, in order to retain any kind of value. I mean, do you guys think anybody comes in there that that makes Everton look attractive? I, I guess the good news is that 
Lukaku's agent saying that there's no deal done with Chelsea or there's, excuse me, there's no deal to be done with Chelsea. Mm -hmm. So it may be that he sticks around Everton for one more season, drives that price up a little bit further, waits for, you know, the world to get a little bit crazier and uh, maybe is, you know, the first $200 million player next summer. That's, that's, that's high and lofty expectations. I mean, I I don't, I mean, we're still talking about, about Klaus in here, right? I mean, so, I mean, Mm -hmm. What I mean, what is he going to bring that we, me and Kevin can't hate on Ross Barkley for doing? Um, he, well, he actually scores goals. Is the thing. Well, I mean, but is is that a given? You know, I mean, is that a, is it a necessarily a given? I mean, he's coming from a a, divi- a team a, a division or you know a league that is considered you know at least two steps lower than than the Premier League, correct? Uh, it depends on what you mean by two steps lower. I, I think it's in between Championship level and Premier League level. Okay. The, the, so, the defending, obviously, not nearly as good, but Klaassen's finishing ability is still there. Although I said the same thing about Jensen last year. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, what what is the reasonable expectation for him? I mean, he's like like John. I'm actually like the exactly what John said. He he's twenty. He's a twenty four year old placing a twenty three year old. So what more is he going to do to the Everton build up and offensive display that that Barkley probably couldn't do? If if this whole his whole season basically hinges on what Lukaku is going to be or not be there, so I mean if if Lukaku is not there, Everton's team is basically completely different formatted, differently played, and everybody is going to basically be changed fantasy wise. So I mean in a draft in a draft format, John, where where would you safely take Klassen? So it's interesting you said. So I'm, I'm in the middle of actually creating my initial draft. Uh, cheat sheet right now and I have Clausen slotted into being a fourth tier midfielder and for people that don't know you know we sort of break down players not only uh, ranking them you know for midfielders for example I'll rank the top 50 so one through 50 and I have them in the top 50 but you know the top maybe six being you know uh, Hazard, Ozil, Mane, Coutinho, uh, KDB those guys you know those are uh, Pogba those are first tier midfielders um I think Klaassen's right around Tier 3, Tier 4. He's probably um, inside the tiers. I haven't ranked him yet, Rob, but I, I have him somewhere around the 20th midfielder. And as a comp for last season, that would have put him, uh, excuse me, that would have put him right around Robert Snodgrass, Nathan Redmond, Andros Townsend, which, wow. you know, those are not exciting comps, but those, you know, Mares 10.2. John, you still with us? I'm still here if it matters. <laughs> okay, well, it looks like uh, he cut out there. Um, but what one thing he was alluding to about whether or not he goes to Chelsea or not, Lukaku, I mean, is it won't be Lukaku or no one. Like, there yeah. will be a replacement. Yeah, no, I, yeah, but, I know. But is the, is the replacement level player going to be what Lukaku brought to Everton is what I'm saying. Ever, he basically is the tip. You know, and yeah. basically everything runs off of him. Even the wide side play by Coleman is dictated by how much attention Lukaku gets in the center. True. Yeah, they they definitely funnel inwards towards that point, uh, as as they say, at the tip of the spear. Um, we will uh, now go so, on to eulogizing one departing Everton player. Barcelona are activating. Gerard de la Feu's buyback clause for around oh, 10.5 million pounds. Is he not the biggest failed potential in recent FPL times? Is, is, is Bojan Bojangles in that conversation as well? <laughs> yeah, but it looks like he is coming back to Stoke. All right, but I'm just saying that, uh, you know, the thing I don't like about de la Feu is, you know, he looks like a Ferrari on, on the pitch when he's actually playing. And when he's not on the road, he drives like a you know a Subaru 1982 hatchback. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard he's a, just a dog on the off the off the pitch in practice, and he's a coach's worst nightmare. Um, so, good riddance to Jerry Day. I've said fond words about him thousands and thousands of times, but when Barca comes calling, you go. Especially when you're legally obligated to, because it was a buyback clause. Yeah. John, what did you think about Jared DeLafayette's brief, tumultuous stint in the Premier League? Yeah, I think he should have gotten more burn. He's exactly the kind of player that you know you you sort of term a you know either either sleeper or a post hype sleeper, meaning a player that you know sort of uh, is ex- is going to get drafted later in drafts than his potential would. Uh, 
would suggest, you know, some other players like that. I, you know, I always go back to Hatem Ben Arfa during mm-hmm. his Newcastle days. I used to love drafting Ben Arfa late and then suffering through it. Adama Traore this past oh. season would be another great example. Oh, uh, maybe Jordan Ibe for Bournemouth after his 14 million pound transfer from Liverpool. So, I mean, there's a lot of those kind of players that are going to be around out there. And, you know, during the course of the summer, and I'm sure you guys will talk about it, I know we'll talk about it on my show as well, how do you sort through those players who's a, you know, who's a good choice and who's, you know, as Rob just said, who's a Ferrari that drives like a Honda? You know, <laughs> is, is that what we're going to get out of Mitrovic this year for Newcastle, or is he actually going to come up and be able to score 12 Mitrovic? goals? I don't think he's even going to yeah. play. Well, yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. But, I mean, he could, and he could be, like, a very good goal scorer. How about Matt Ritchie? Matt Ritchie was so bad last season, he had to go down to the championship. I mean, he's, he refound himself with Newcastle, but he's got no Premier League bona fides. Where are you guys taking Matt Ritchie in FPL or draft? John Joe. <laughs> yeah. Which, which one? Which one? John Joe Kenny or John Joe Shelby? Sure. Either. But I was talking about Shelby, yeah, a.k.a. Yeah, Voldemort in disguise. <laughs> yeah, but John, I'll, I'll actually jump in on your question. Matt Ritchie's one of those guys where somebody's going to have a, a love affair with him in probably like the fifth round and pay, take him. And you're going to look at him and be like, oh, I should have taken the first guy on a newly promoted team that's probably going to do nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to get Matt Ritchie on any team because I yeah. feel like in every league there's going to be that guy that's high on him. Somebody's going to reach for him. Yeah. And, you're, and don't, I'm going to tell everybody at home listening to this, if you're, if you're doing this for strategy, and we'll get into that probably in other, other podcasts after this one, uh, th- don't, don't reach for anybody in this. There's tons of talent going around. Uh, find a, find a couple, uh, sleepers for yourself that, you know, do some research. Everything about fantasy is about research. You know, you can't just go in, you can't just go into a job and, and not know what you're doing and just pretend. I will say the caveat to that is if you have bookend picks, then sometimes yeah. you have to reach if there's a guy that you really want. But, yeah, absolutely. but again, as you said, we can, we can talk like more in-depth strategy on a different show uh, to wrap up the recent moves. John alluded to it earlier. Harry Maguire, uh, starlet, if you want to call him that, which I just did for some reason, moves to Leicester to replace one of two 30-plus center backs. Um, so you assume he's going to get the minutes last season, played 25 matches, did have some injuries. He was top five in shots on target at his position, which made him very good in the FPL game. But he was not top 15 in any other defensive stat. And as John mentioned, all those stats, the aerial duels, tackles one, interceptions, all of that stuff counts in Taga clean sheets as well, which he only kept four of uh, in a whole defense that obviously conceded plenty he, of yeah, goals. Yeah, he did make 132 clearances, which is good news for the move to Leicester. Um, with Leicester, you're going to have uh, Wilfred Ndidi still playing in front of him and doing his best in Golo Conte impersonation, which means that there should be plenty of balls trying to be... Uh, teams that are attacking Leicester should try and play the ball over the top to cut out the middleman. Sorry, uh, how not many allowing clearances Ndidi. did you say yet? 132. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 In only 29, in only 29 appearances, right. which is, you know, pretty good rate. And I like Maguire to kind of pick up some cheap, you know, what we might call some cheap points there where he's going to allow Indeedy to do the bulk of the yeoman's work and then come in and either make a, make an easy interception on the ball, which and pick up a point, make a, an easy clearance on the ball. And Lester will hopefully uh, allow him a little bit of uh, room forward. Certainly, they've shown that in the past with uh, Christian Fuchs and Robert Huth that they have no problem allowing their defenders to come into the box on set pieces. And uh, McGuire showed this year with two goals and three assists that he's you know he's got some uh, some capability in the attacking third. Yeah, I, I I like this move, especially for Lester. I think they needed somebody sound there with some kind of movement movement capabilities besides Wes Morgan who. Sorry, sorry, Big West, but I love you. Uh, he he, just not cutting it out for a Premier League defender anymore. Uh, like movement wise, Huth is just the same. It's it's so it's like the Walking Dead of corpses. Uh, I like McGuire there. I think his ability to to get forward, uh, put balls sort of on or near the goal because there was a big string there where he had the most attempts uh, on goal without actually hitting the goal um, for a while for a defender. Yeah, it, that that it, was like two months. Yeah, uh, he, he, he was in like the 40s. Yeah, he finally did get he, there, by the way. So yeah, trust in the regression. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, I, I like the move for Leicester. I think he's a quality defender. Uh, he's probably not your you know your defender one in a, in a draft format. He may not even be your defender two. Um, you know, I probably put him in that third tier of defenders, but he's definitely the second draftable Leicester defender behind Christian Fuchs now. I'd take him over Fuchs. Sorry, do I? I would. 
I wouldn't zero I, chance. I would take him over Fuchs. Yep, absolutely. You, With you Fuchs think- still taking crosses and stuff, you're smoking dope. A lot of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Christian Fuchs had an awful year last night. He still, still scored 313 points. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with any of what you just said, you know, but I would probably take McGuire first. Interesting. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, while we're talking about uh, center backs, I just realized there is somebody else that's relevant due to his U21 success uh, thus far, which is Alfie Mawson. Scored another goal. Um, this time for England, obviously scored four goals last year, uh, which is tied with some number. I don't remember for defenders, but I think the top one was six. So not too far behind. Um, did not play every match of the season. As of currently, Sigurdsson is still at the club. What do you think of Mossa next season? Uh, well, he shouldn't score two own goals again. So I like him <laughs> better than his stats indicate. Um I mean, I like him just fine. I'm a little bit worried that Swansea's making the drop next year, and defenders on teams that make the drop are not particularly good. I mean, one of the things that we're going to, you know, many people mistake when they are drafting uh, FPL players is they want players on good teams, and they particularly want defenders on good teams, but there are plenty of points to be had from defenders on bottom half and even occasionally on relegated teams. Like Boro last um, year. Absolutely. I mean, with Colm Chambers, Fabio, Bernardo even, and uh, George Friend, they, they had players that were serviceable every week. And while people may be sitting there scratching their heads and wondering why we're talking about any of these players, uh, for people who are truly new to draft and have stuck with this podcast this far, in draft... First of all, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But in draft, literally, you only one player can only be owned by one owner. So when you have a 10-team league, 160 players are, in fact, rostered. So while you may want to own, you know, Leighton Baines, uh, Marcos Alonso, and Antonio Valencia, the reality is you're probably going to be starting somebody like Ben Gibson or Maya Yoshida or Joel Ward, you know, on, on a given week. And so all of these players merit consideration, and, and some of these players will be taken near draft, and, and some will be added to your roster as time goes on through the season. Um, that said, I, I still don't know. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just throw it back to you guys. Cause I don't, I, I don't want to get into a, but you don't like Alfie Mawson. Yeah. Cause like, I really like Alfie Mawson, <laughs> but I don't want him in my fantasy team. Okay. Like I, I really like Alfie Mawson. Like I have a personal affinity for him, but I, I'm just very concerned about Swansea. Mm. Yeah. I, I agree. I, it does look like staying. I, I think if we had to pick teams right now, I think the majority of all three of us, I think I guarantee Swansea would probably be in two out of the three of the three teams we each mentioned. Uh, but there is, but there is benefit to having a, a defender on a lower level team. Uh, you know, Burnley was not a, a stout you know, fantasy option because they didn't score many goals and they're not a shot that, you know, they're not the shiniest toy in the toolbox, but they still had fantasy value there because the defenders did stuff for them. You know, Matt, Matt Michael Loughton, Ben Mee, you know, they all, they all contributed last scored a few goals. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Keane, you know, I mean, Michael Keane was top 10. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, and Loughton and me are, were, I, they're on the first page of, of guys I'm looking at. So they're in the top 30. So, I mean, there's value on teams that you don't expect to be anywhere 
decent in actual games, but in fantasy, they do eke out enough value. You know, like John said, there's 160 players being drafted. So you need to find guys on basically every team that are going to contribute to your weekly, you know, your weekly team. You know, you, you're going to have to draft for four or five defenders to, to, you know, have a viable roster with, you know, substitutes, injuries, and, you know, matchups. And I think Mawson is the perfect fourth to fifth defender that you're drafting based on uh, form and fixture for, for the Swans this year. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And just real quick, some names that finished in the top 20 of defenders. So, again, if you're playing in a 10-team league, even if everyone is starting three at the back, Top 30 defenders are arguably being started every week. Gareth McCauley, Michael Keane, Steve Cook, Ashley Williams, Matt Lowton all finished in the top 20 at the end of the season in terms of total points. So the guys aren't just viable FPL players. They are every week FPL draft starters. Yeah. Although you probably do want to play matchups with some of them. But but if you played them every week, yeah, they would still be in that top 30. All right. uh, Well, you mentioned uh, the draft format, which... Uh, we got too far too late in the show, but as you said, uh, in draft you each go through. It is snake format. Um, for people that don't know that, it means it goes one to ten, ten to one. If it's a ten-team league, uh, we are going to do a quick version here. Uh, but John, any more uh, rule things that you want to articulate to people before we do that? No, I mean, I mean, some of the language that we've been using maybe. Just a, a touch new to people. So you said bookend. Other people will use um, in the wheel or in the turn, meaning if you're drafting last in the first round, you get back-to-back picks. So if you're the 10th team, you might be sitting there you know, upset that you're watching these other players go off the board and you're stuck with the 10th pick. That's true, but the benefit is you then also get the 11th pick. And having the turn in at the end of the first round and then alternatively, uh, if you're the first pick, you will then have the, the bookend picks when the even odd round turn comes around again. So you'll end up with the last pick in the second round, but then the first pick in the third round and so on. Which would be one, and those picks and can be incredibly overall. Yes. There you go. And those picks can be incredibly valuable. As Rob said earlier, you know, you can you can help manipulate the draft. You have an opportunity to kind of look at the survey the entire field and pick the players that uh, you know, are the best available at that time. And, and sometimes you can take two guys in the same position and really cause a shortage. Um, one of the things that we're seeing, and I'm, I'm sure you guys would agree when you do your own ranks, but once you get past the top seven or eight forwards, there is a noticeable drop-off. Um, once you get kind of past that Christian Benteke forward, there's not really another great option um, and people are, you have to start reaching then, you know, for like a Troy Dini or a Marco Arnautovic or a Fernando Lorente. And so if you're sitting there with the first overall pick in the draft and you don't take a forward and it comes back to you, you know, at pick, um, at pick 20 and 21, you know, you may be sitting there and saying like, I'm going to take Josh King and Jamie Vardy right here. Mm-hmm. And that might not be great value in terms of the players that are still available, but you could cause a huge shortage and you could really hamstring a lot of players in your draft and, and you could watch them scramble and draft these players that aren't just aren't as good. Like, you know, uh, maybe a Jermaine Defoe or a Sam Vokes that leave really good players on the board for you again when you get your next two picks back. So there's there's certainly strategy to it. It's a it's a great time. And, and I'm looking forward to you know maybe doing a short draft here with you guys and, and talking through it a little bit. All right. That well, sounds, that sounds like fun. I'm ready woo! for it. He just hyped me up. John's a good hype man. <laughs> uh, he's the. Uh, there's a reason he's known as the Flavor Flav of FPL. Um, yeah. And that's what the F stands for. <laughs> Flavor Flav Premier League. Um, nobody says that. I'm sorry. That was a weird joke. But now I'm, we will I'm, quickly I'm move the, on. I'm the Justin Bieber to your Floyd Mayweather. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we don't need to talk about that fight. But that's going to be real dumb. Everybody, just just end up watching um, uh, Canelo versus Triple G. That's that's the actual fight here. Don't, I don't cannot get, wait for that fight. Twisted. I know the, it's the funny be thing. So good. The funny thing about that fight now is that they have to change arenas, or they're going to have to buy out Ice Cube. You hear that? No. What? Because uh, Ice Cube has this, the Play Three tournament, which is the three on three tournament where the winner gets two hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is, and they have the they booked that arena the same night. Wow. So they may have to move to the T-Mobile Center. 
which is in Las Vegas is, or wherever. The, it's, yeah, it's, in, it's in Vegas. I'm 95% sure that the business model for ice, teas, or ice cubes in league there was just book arenas and hope something else wants to buy us out. Well, well, the, fun, the, fun, the funny thing is that there's, there's actually like former M, uh, NBA players all playing in the tournament. Yeah. Tracy McGrady's on one of the teams. Oh, T-Mac out here all day. Um, all right. Well, um, I think it's time for us to do a little uh, mock draft action just so people can see uh, what that looks like. Uh, John, you're our guest. You can go first. Rob, I we recorded way later than you wanted to, so that's my fault. So you can go second. I'll go. <laughs> I love how you make excuses for draft choices. Yeah. Well, I was gonna do like a trivia thing and then didn't do it. So <laughs> here we are. So John, we talked about this on your show, uh, but you get pick one one. Who are you going with? Oh, right, you want to do? Um, do you want to take two teams in the first round, or you want to just play a three man draft? Uh, I was just gonna do three man. Makes it quick. Fifteen players. That's perfect. That's great. I'm happy yeah. to do that. Uh, I will take Alexis Sanchez, and I will note that Alexis Sanchez is properly rated as a forward in Taga. There are some positional differences. Taga uses Opta's default um, positions for players at the time of draft. So, for example, we Alexis Sanchez like a is a whole forward. Show on that. Yeah. No, I mean, there's like there's three guys that it really impacts. It's like Yannick Balassi, Sir uh, Raheem Sterling, and Alexis Sanchez. Oh, and Josh pa- King, Pedro. And- I think Sun might be a forward next year. But anyway, we can talk about that more. But John takes Alexis first. I'm going to take Alexis. Rob, who are you going with? I'll go second. And since Kevin was going third, he knows exactly who I'm taking. I'm taking Sir Harry of Kane. I did not know that. I would have made myself go second. (laughs) I will go with... Oh, man, I'm going to sound like such a homer. But Hazard's hurt. Yeah, I'm gonna go Erickson three, and then as we All talked right. about, this is this is where you have a turn or a bookend. So I go three and four with my four <laughs> after just slating him. I'll take Hazard and hope that he somehow heals within the month time frame. It looks like he's only going to be out of the season. Uh, we're back to you, Rob. Uh, I will keep it all city, and I will go Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I like that KDB pick there, but I got to ask you, Rob, why didn't you go, why didn't you try and double down on fours and take Romelu Lukaku right there? Well, we're only in a three-team draft, so I know I'm going to get another forward. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm, fair. I, I'm, a fa- I'm, I'm a fantasy guy at heart. I've been doing this for, you know, this, this is actually, if I started my first draft when I was in four, 14 years old, and I just turned 40, so everybody figured it out. I drafted my first baseball team when I was 14 years old in gym class. This is my 26th year of doing draft style of anything. So I, I'm kind of like a, I'm not saying an idiot with this. I'm just dumb. You and I, so you and I drafted our first teams in the same, no, you drafted two years before me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, only it's cra- one it's or two before me also. Mm. One or two before you were born. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So in, I am going to uh, go with uh, Ron Lukaku in the with the last pick of round two. two. Yep. With the first pick of round three, I'm going to take uh, anybody want to guess? Uh, Firmino. There we go. <laughs> Bobby no. Firmino is off the board. And so one thing that I just want to talk about right here, I, norm, I, I would normally never go three forwards in a row. Because um, I like to play, I like to draft a little bit for positional. Excuse me for um, roster formation flexibility. So while you know we're, we're doing this in a three-man team, if you're playing in four people or, or six-person or an eight-person league, there's almost no chance you're going to be able to line up. You know, Alexis Lukaku and Firmino. Um, what I would typically do there is I would probably take somebody like maybe somebody like Adela Ali or Gilfi Sigurdsson and start to build out that midfield so that in weeks where uh, maybe a four, my forward's hurt, or I think that he's going to get rested. You know, I think Firmino's going to get rested ahead of midweek uh, Champions League play. I would be able to bump out and go five midfielders. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you almost always want to go five midfielders at the back over four or five defenders at the back, uh, unless you happen to have built a team entirely of wingbacks, meaning that you have Patrick Van Anhalt, um, you know, you have Danny Rose and uh, Leighton Baines and, and a handful of others that are, are unlikely to all end up on your team. Mm. Yeah. It's it definitely draft with the mindset of how you want to 
you want your best players to be in your your most functional lineup every week. Yeah. So so don't don't draft like your your your. If you're initially going to draft four four two, stick four four two until something bad happens to your team injury wise, or you know somebody gets transferred out, or you know some basically. Keep it by hooker, by crooker, by attrition is basically the best way I can I can tell you. But going going with a plan, either go you know three four three, you know two four two four four, whatever whatever you want to do. Just any any just keep the 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 form that's allowed in the in the play taga format in mind when you're drafting and try not to deviate that too too much unless you start getting pimped and you don't get you start like losing positions like John mentioned before where big runs on positions go and forwards is very you know shallow. Yeah. So Rob, uh, who are you going to take in the third round here? I will go. I'll I'll go kind of. I'll go obtuse. An obtuse pick for me because if Kevin knows me, I'll go Paul Pogba. Interesting. Oh. I was hoping Pogba would make it all the way back. So mm. that's a nice pick. Yeah, yeah. I I I think I think with what's going on with United there, I think that you know I think he could. What we saw last year was maybe just the tip. Yeah. And Pogba's a really interesting one, too. We didn't touch on this yet, and maybe you guys will in the next few episodes, but a lot of players are more highly valued in uh, Taga than they are in draft because of the different categories they score. And Pogba, with just five goals and four assists, was essentially a useless player in the official game uh, and wasn't much better in money games. But because of the number um, of take-ons that he has, successful dribbles, aerial duels, won clearances, uh, Mm -hmm. incredibly valuable at Taga Mm -hmm. player. Uh, all right, uh, to wrap the third round and start the fourth round, I am going to take Sergio Aguero. And... Man, this is tough. I'm going to go Coutinho over Ali because of set pieces. Yeah, I, I, I could see that being being an effective way to, to take it, but I'll take Della Ali then. Yep. I got two in a row, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna square up my midfield since I have none, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna take uh, perennial FPL darling Gilfie Sigurdsson, mm-hmm. and just assume that if he moves, it is still in the Premier League. That's correct. And then I'm going to double down on Liverpool right here and hope that Mane remains a midfielder. I'm gonna take Sadio Mane. All right. With the. The, with the 16th pick, and I have to tell you, I have not seen Sadio Mane go with the 16th any anywhere outside the top 10 in any of the mocks I've done. So happy with that pick. Yeah, I mean that's that's a quality pick. I like Mane. I, I was hoping that it, it, I actually wanted to go different. I just wanted Ali. So I, I he was Mane was my my one B pick there. So if I didn't have him, you'd you'd have him. So uh, so it's on me now, mm-hmm. huh? I will I will go and. And and this is the this is the point of the draft where you start looking at, at names that are you know questionable to be there you know and this is this is the last here, this is the last round for us man so you got to make it yeah. count so, so I, I'll go with another defenders or are we just taking anybody nah yeah no we're missed, we're just going top fifteen I missed the rules we're only going we're only going five mi- oh man right, do, yeah. do we want to yeah, keep going we can keep going I want to keep going this is awesome all right. The- <laughs> <laughs> These I'll teams t- are t- so t- much better than our 12-team experts league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this master. Yeah, oh my god, jeez. I'll take uh, I'll take Christian Benteke. How's that? Ooh, What's I that love Benteke. I talked about this on John's show. Uh, led aerial duels by almost 100. Like, it's just free points on the board. Um, do really like that pick. I am going to go... Oh, man, I don't think he's going to be in the Premier League next year. Uh, I won't go Costa. I don't believe. Uh, this, I was going to, Kevin, I was actually, I was going to say, this is the point where you start looking at names in the, in the Premier League list of players, and you're like, <laughs> well, is he going to be there? Is he going to be there? Yeah. Is he going to be there? I will go Alonzo. And then are we, are we keep going? Yeah. I don't know what number we're stopping at if we go past this, but fine. Uh, so I'll go Alonzo. And then I will follow him up with, man, I'm so midfield heavy, but let's do it. I'm going to go Otzel and just have basically all of the creators. You're going to have every creator. You're going to have Cedric the creator. and <laughs> Yep. Uh, so I'll take going uh, into round Gabriel. That was 6-1. Now it's you. I'll take Jesus. Ooh. Yeah, that's a money pick. I can't believe you snaked out. He'd make. Get all the way back. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I will say, oh, my concern we... about uh, Alonso right now, though, is where is all of this Alexandro talk coming from, and why is it happening? Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but, you yeah. know. Like, you did this last year. I, you don't... It's more, like, it's more like pouting. It's more pouting, because uh, Conte can't get the guys he wants, so he's going elsewhere. So, it's like, let's just get three more left backs. Because yeah. you already have Aspilicueta, who played there for years. Even though he's, mm-hmm. at what point is he no longer a right back? I suppose is a fair question. But um, yeah, it's it's just a silly thing considering they could have Asp, Alonso, and uh, Alexander who could all play left back. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take uh, Ross Barkley, who was actually sixth in key passes this past season. Uh, no matter where he ends up, he's going to be a chance creator. And the fact that he only scored five goals uh, to go with his 11 assists, I think he's on pace to score at least 12 points per match, no matter where he lands. Yeah, that's a good one. Fair enough. And then I just realized I'm we'll gonna, do an 11 rounder because then we can each have a starting 11. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and then I'm actually going to pick a player that I think um, stays in the Premier League and I really like to have a bounce back year this year. I'm going to go Riyad Mahrez right here. Ooh, do you think That's he a moves to a bigger club or not matter to you? Well, I mean, I, I would love for him to be the Alexis replacement at Arsenal. If yep. Alexis moves to Manchester City and they use that money to buy Riyad Mahrez, mm-hmm. I mean, Mahrez is a top five. In my opinion, he's a top five FPL draft player at the end of the season, but you can get him in the third round. Yeah, yep. I could see that happening. Yep, not a bad uh, I, I'm just going to go uh, Crystal Palace crazy, and I'll take Wilfred Zaha. All right. I like where your head's at. Um, now that he's been crazy bypassed, now is going to be my gamble on Diego Costa, not Douglas, who apparently is no longer coming to the Premier League. That ends round seven. And to start round eight. Hmm... I'm going to go the other Crystal Palace thing. I think he continues to improve. He had a really good back half of the season. I'm going to go with Townsend. And then, Rob, it's back to you and then back to John. Uh, I Since I basically have a, a whole team right now minus defenders and a keeper, right? Cause Which we're basically we should basically <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I guess there's no better time than any to take a defender, and I'll take Danny Rose. All right. I'm sorry, Kev. Who did you take from Palace? Townsend. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like the Rose pick. It looks like he may just be out the first two weeks, but in a, in a format where you own a player for the whole year, that matters very little. Yeah, and that's a really good point because there are going to be a handful of players that fit that, including another player that I'm about to take, but Virgil van Dijk mm-hmm. is yeah. still injured, but Virgil van Dijk is a monster in um, FPL. And even if he moves from Southampton, you know, we talked a little bit earlier uh, about um, my love for Harry Maguire because he has Wilfred Ndidi playing in front of him to kind of scoop out all the bad chances. Well, Virgil van Dijk has the much underrated Oriol Romeo playing in front of him. Romeo does an excellent job of cutting out a lot of the danger, leaving uh, the scraps there for VVD to really feast on. And for fantasy purposes, he has feasted mightily. Um, So I like van Dijk there a lot. Um, because we're picking an 11, uh, normally I would not pick Virgil van Dijk over a lot of the names that are, are left on the board. And, and just to highlight a couple real quickly here, but like Manuel Lanzini, Josh King um, are, are probably the big ones right here. But also, um, you know, even players like Nathan Redmond or, um, excuse me, or um, like uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan, who's probably not going to get a lot of burn in this in this. Uh, is is an excellent choice for like a mid-round pick. Uh, I'm going to double down on defense and go Leighton Baines after my VVD pick. Nice. I like it. Uh, I'm going to keep it Spurs just to pick piss Kevin off, and I'm going to go I'm going to go Kyrian Trippier. Ooh, you think Walker does move then? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, if, if you think uh, he moves, then that means I will take Kyle Walker, who would then be at a different club, probably Manchester City. Probably paired with Vincent Company, who is, I don't know if you guys have heard, real good. <laughs> Immediately made City's defense much better. Um, so I'll go with uh, Walker there. And 
Ooh, I will wrap around with Eric Bailly, who I think is going to have a phenomenal year. I think he's already one of the five best center backs in the Premier League, and I think that will continue to reflect itself. And uh, he gets to play for Jose Mourinho, who doesn't know how to play anything other than um, park the bus, even at the starts of matches. So I'll wrap yeah, around with uh, Bailly in round, uh, that'll start round 10. Just two more rounds left, and we all need keepers, so I guess that'll be round 11. Yeah. So this is the last round to get players yeah. you actually want. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take another United defender. I'll take Antonio Valencia. Yeah, I like that pick a lot, Rob. Uh, the last two defenders here for me were down to either uh, Antonio Valencia or Cesar Spilicueta, and since you've left Spilicueta for me, I will take him. Uh, Cesar was the second highest scoring defender behind only his teammate Marcos Alonso mm-hmm. last season, and he did it while scoring only one goal. Yeah, he did pick up five minute. assists. There every we minute. go. And that matters so much for a defender. Uh, I know I, I rolled the dice early on two guys that have had recent injury history in VVD and Baines. And when you're constructing a roster, you need to also mitigate your risk. So if I'm going to take a couple of risky defenders early, I want to make sure I'm getting somebody solid on the back end. And his Pilaquette fits the bill there. All right. And I'm going to John, just start the keeper start on. round 11 with Tommy Heaton. I mean, the man was number one by 100 points last year. He's uh, most saves in the Premier League last season. And frankly, that Burnley team does not look one bit better this year. (laughs) No, I I agree that Heaton's going to have sneaky good value. I'll I'll take a guy we talked about. I'll take Pickford just to keep it different so Kevin doesn't cry that he doesn't get (laughs) Lloris. You already took like three Spurs players. So all you're saying is that Tottenham are just as good as Chelsea. So it's whatever. Uh, I will... Fall into Homer tradition here, though, and go with Larice. But let it be shown that I took. Oh, dude, make him eat it. Take Michelle Vorm. Take Vorm. Just do it. Do <laughs> I will it. take Paul Lopez, who are currently in a contract <laughs> battle with Espanol over. Um, all right. Well, this ran a little bit longer than we were aiming, but we had a very fun time doing this mock at the end. Uh, John, as we're doing these shows for you and, and the fine folks over at Togo, why don't you tell the folks anything you'd like? Yeah, so you can uh, find Togo. We're going to open the game um, in the beginning of July. Before that, there will be available an FPL guide. This season, Togo put together um, a guide for all of FPL, so not just our draft game, but uh, you can use it for playing other draft games. You can use it for playing FPL official, or if you want to get a jump start on playing the money games for when the game opens, uh, when the Premier League kicks off in the middle of August, you could do that as well. That should be available the first week of July, and I'm sure you'll see it out on everybody's Twitter feeds. You can find me at Fantasy Gaffer, and you can find Taga at PlayTaga on Twitter, as well as at www.playtaga.com, which is um, where you can find the game. And links to the mobile app. We are iOS um, and Apple uh, for both our weekly game and our draft game. And we are fully mobile draft. So if you wanted to host your draft right from your mobile device, you are certainly able to do that. And I look forward to hearing you guys uh, chat some talk out during the rest of the summer. Yeah, well, it was fun, John. Thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, of course, my name is the partner in crime who got Get, got forgot about in the beginning. My name is Rob Langevin. You can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Lugie. Uh, you can basically find me wherever Kevin goes because I have no life and he is the host with the most and I'm the, the comedy relief, I think. Uh, <laughs> and you can find my writings and stylings on rasball.com. And hopefully at uh, blog.playtaga.com yeah. starting in August. Com- com- coming soon, I will be on whatever he said. Wait, just dot com. That was the easy part. <laughs> the rest of it was the hard <laughs> part. Um, I am Kevin DeVries, the host that forgot to introduce Rob Second, and will ironically never, well, he'll never forget that I forgot him this nope. time. Um, never, never, ever, ever. <laughs> I am at Kevroff on Twitter. You can pretty much find me only there uh, over the summer, some behind-the-scenes stuff uh, over at Goal. Uh, that'll also be coming out sometime in July. Um, and obviously we'll be doing uh, both Taga duty and official FPL duty once uh, that game comes back as well. Uh, but yeah. In the Fine, intro- Kev, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, go for it. If people want to participate in a mock draft like you just heard Rob and Kevin, I do. Please get at me. Um, just at me at Fantasy Gaffer. I'm setting up uh, drafts that we're doing over uh, Twitter. Uh, or email whatever's easiest for people. Uh, we've done three so far with uh, with followers, and we'd love to do some more. We should do a mock with uh, the three of us and some listeners. Yeah, oh, we'll any, 
anybody listening who wants to do it, have a draft and have us do it, just add us on Twitter and we'll yeah. join tag, into your tag draft. Tag the three of us at Fantasy Gaffer at at Smokey underscore Lugie and at Kevroff, and we'll uh, see if we can get something going like that. Great idea, John. Uh, that does it for us today, though. Uh, big thanks uh, to Targa for putting us on on this particular series of shows. Uh, we should be back weekly uh, here, uh, at least through launch? Question mark. At least through um, next May. <laughs> <laughs> John just dropped, so we're just going to say that that's what's happening. Um, but thanks so yeah. much for listening. That's we'll what, get that's to next what's time. happening. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, you're back. Great, cool. Yeah, so definitely through launch. Um, so be sure to keep it tuned here. As I said, playtaga.com, um, blog.playtaga.com, where you can see all kinds of terrific content. Um, thanks so much for joining us, John, and thanks to you for listening at home. We'll catch you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.